Welcome to Church Sound Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. I'm an audio engineer and an editor with ProSound Web, as well as a lead instructor for Church Sound University. On this episode, third-party plugins. Of course, I got to give my special shout out to this show sponsor, K-Array, whose loudspeaker solutions can be found at k-array.com. And I also want to thank Digico, because their new Quantum 338 and other House of Worship solutions are available at digico.biz. But today, I've got Ben Ivey back. He, he is back again. Ben is an audio engineer near Atlanta, Georgia, a graduate of Berkeley College of Music. Ben spends much of his time as a freelance engineer. He's held jobs in not only live sound, but in the studio as well, and was a worship director for several years. So he was back, back, you have to go back into the archives, last season, episode 12, uh, when we talked about soundcheck. But now we're going to be talking about plugins. We were, we were kind of talking about what topic we wanted to hit, and it just sort of like... Let's talk about what we've been doing recently, and you've been doing some third-party stuff recently, so let's hit it. <laughs> and welcome formally. What's up? It's good to see you and yeah. hear you and see your face, because yeah. this is, this is technology's cool, so. Technology good is to, cool. <laughs> good to be back. Uh, so, of course, normally... I would start off each guest kind of by talking about the beginning of their audio career and how they catapulted into church sound, but we've already done that with you. So instead, Ben, what have you been up to in the last year? Well, wow. That's a good question. Um, I have not been working a lot. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. Most... Why? Yeah. <laughs> it's like something wiped out the planet as yeah. far as work goes. Um, well, luckily I have been, I've been pretty lucky around here as far as the work I have gotten. Um, I've done a few corporate gigs. Um, I've done a ton of church things, yeah. um, doing broadcast mixing for people. Like when everything first went down, um, like when everybody was shelter in place, quarantining kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I was getting tracks sent from, you know, different places around the U S nice. and they were recording and they were sending it back to me and I was kind of doing like a rough, Pro Tools mix to kind of just even everything out, you know, make the drums sound better, make the vocals sound better, stuff like that. Um, and then I decided to move in the middle of that. And of course, I ended you? up, yeah, uh, great idea, right? <laughs> now, now interest rates are so low. So I decided to finally do it. And, you know, it was a good way to get way to get a good investment opportunity. So I did it. And while I did that, I moved my studio as well. Because of the lack of work, I couldn't I couldn't afford where I was at, so I um, I moved it to my house. But they didn't tell me that I was going to meet a really really great um, acoustical engineer to help me do it. Instead, I thought I was just going to put some stuff up and just kind of you know go with it. Mm -hmm. And instead, I learned everything about acoustical engineering I've ever thought was possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of insane. So. Um, so yeah, so I've been working on that last like five months. Basically, Man. every time I had a day off, studio was not often. Yeah. Um, uh, like starting in about December zone, I started to get a ton of work back in October, and it was just every day. It was like, hey, do you have a day off? Nope. Do you? No. Okay. All right. We'll meet next week. You know, <laughs> we would every Saturday or whatever day it was, and we would work on the studio. So now it's finally done. And it sounds really good, and it's really cool. I'm doing my first record this week, so it should be fun. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing obviously a lot of that build. I've been doing um, a lot of club work because oh, yeah. Atlanta is a little weird. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, obviously the pandemic exists, but things right. are more open. So some new businesses started, and um, a buddy of mine designed a designed a place, designed um, a new club in town, and so I became the production engineer. Sweet. And manager for it. And so um, that's been cool. It was, I mean, obviously, you know, the rates aren't as good, but, you know, it's been putting food on the table. So I can't, I got zero complaints. Right. Right. Um, and now things are getting back busier. So I've been able to hire some people to do that for me when I can't be there. I mean, hey, business. So I'm getting, so I'm getting some more people, some work. And then sometimes when I can't be at my home church, I'm getting on one of my other buddies some work too to be able to do it. So I have other contractors working for me that I could be doing the work, but I've decided, you know what, I'd rather be home or I'd rather do this other gig that does, that does more or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm able to give people work, but also give myself a break because I was running back in October, maybe like 70 plus hours a week for like 
months. Yeah. And, and that's how I've kind of heard me. it was for some people is it was like feast or famine. Yeah, it was. And, and I, and I was trying to not complain about it a whole lot because I was so grateful to actually have something where I stood in front of a desk or right. I had an iPad yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm mixing a band or even if it was a DJ, I just didn't care. You know, I was making noise. I was doing something. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that and now, you know, things are starting to open back up and, um, you know, thanks to modern medicine and all that stuff. So I've been able to do a lot more things. Um, and yeah, it's been really good. I, as far as, I mean, the, I mean, the first, you know, March to August was rough. You oh, know, yeah. It was, it was rough on everybody. I mean, you and I would text every now and again. Yeah. And we'd both be like, how are you? Right. And they'd be like, no, really? How are you? Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just gotta, no, really, really. How yeah. And yeah, you were good at pushing me to be like, no, seriously, you are right. And sometimes yeah. I said yes. And sometimes I said, nope, nope, definitely not. And yeah. so it's been nice having that community of different people you've worked with or whatever, because tons of people have reached out. And so it's been really cool. Um, but now it seems, it seems the past few months has been really turning the corner for me. And so um, now I'm getting to something, I don't want to say normal, because I don't think that's fair. Um, but just something, you know, the moving. glimmer of hope. Yeah. Yeah. A glimmer of hope. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely feel that more now. Yeah. yeah. I've been, I'm feeling, I'm starting to feel it too. It, this could just be spring fever um, starting to catch <laughs> me, but it feels like, um, like suddenly it's everybody's kind of a little bit easier. It doesn't feel quite so like tense uh, and people are getting vaccinated like here in Kansas, they've opened it up to anybody over the age of 12. So That's at great. some point I'm going to get, an appointment and I will get it, but cool. uh, it feels, yeah, I think we're like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the summer. Uh, I think it might be, I think it might be good. Let's see. I don't want to jinx it. So be- <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I got some, I got some things in the fire that are hopefully going to go official this week. So nice. getting off the dates versus different stuff. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you, but um, I don't know about you, but I kind of wait before I get a gig now to put it in my calendar. Mm. So I'm not disappointed when it cancels. Yeah. I got write it down, but I don't put it in my calendar that would tell me where I go that day or where I fly that day or whatever, because I don't want to get too ahead of myself. And that the pandemic, unfortunately has kind of brought all of the, all of the production people, you know, kind of in that world. So. Yeah. And I just, I mean, it doesn't feel like that long ago on, on, on partially it feels like it was forever ago, but not that mm-hmm. long ago. It's like, if I didn't put it in my calendar right then, uh, I was going to forget it when something horrible oh, was going to sure. happen. Uh, and now it's kind of the same thing. Like I, I'll do this thing. Uh, I just leave the email. I'll read it, but I'll mark it unread. So it's like, I still need to look at this, but I haven't done the commitment of putting it in my calendar. Like I'm just not yeah. there yet. So I uh, totally with you a hundred percent. And I think a lot of that is because most of us, you know, if, if we got something PTSD, we'd be so excited. And then if, at least on my end, if the crew was like a normal size crew, I just knew it was going to cancel Yep. because there's no way they're going to have that many people or whatever. And then I did some shows just by myself with, a couple really bad speakers and an analog mixer. And it was a wedding. And I said, who cares? Yeah. You know, I'm getting to work. And yeah. you know, there's people like, I'll never forget the first show I did in the pandemic. It was, um, it was a wedding for some congressman person. And I had to sign all these forms. I had to wear a double mask, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. And everybody there had it. Everybody was super far apart. I had the biggest tech table of my life. <laughs> Because it was so like they were, they, you know, it was in maybe June. that's the secret thing we like actually. That's one of the silver linings we get out of this is like, oh, we yeah. actually have like fifteen foot tech tables now. Oh, for sure, for <laughs> sure, especially with Video World needing all oh, their yeah. stuff. Um, it was great, but at the same time, like I've never seen people more excited to be able to work, which is super cool. Um, and so when I was in my loadout this weekend of a giant stage line you know, with huge PA and everything. And I'm thinking, Oh God, I'm so tired. Like, this is so hard. Yeah. Getting bouncing back is hard. Like, yeah. And then I thought, you know what? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm getting to work and I'm making noise and we're seeing people happy. Like I'm just going to get over myself. So now I'm sore and I can complain about it, but yeah, absolutely. You've earned that right. 
show. I, I tried not to. Uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of that, can you just say, so you were running a Digica system when I saw on your Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was the um, system tech for a, a big show in town. Yeah. So it was this church in town that was doing outdoor Easter services. Um, and the reason they were doing that is because they hadn't met in person in a year, like at right. all. Yeah. Which was some of the bigger churches did it that way, um, obviously for safety reasons. And so they decided to do a big Easter bash and it was like in a football field kind of thing. Wow. And sometimes when you're in that world, you know, system tech world, sometimes you end up mixing, sometimes you don't, sometimes you do monitors, sometimes you don't, it's kind of depends, but I was more system tech and I was basically dealing with the band completely setting the mics, make sure the engineering was right. Kind of all that jazz. Um, but then, you know, if something goes awry, like I'm the person to go fix it kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, or if someone doesn't know how to use something or whatever. So that's sometimes hard, you know, when roles change and a lot of people that are great doing the same thing can be a little crazy. Um, but you know, this is the first time in a while where the desk was like frozen at the top <laughs> yeah. from the cover because it was 30 degrees. Oh man. And then in the loadout, you know, I'm getting sunburned. So it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, I got to, got to use the, the Digico SD12, which was an incredible machine. It, it's a big meaty wow. thing. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it was it was really, really nice. Um, but, you know, it's funny is the the big reason pe why people like those is because it has two screens um, and it has obviously more input, um, more right, input right. processing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I actually like the SD9 better, the smaller, the format version of it. If I'm going to pick my favorite Digica console, mine is also the what is it? The Red Trout, the SD9. It's just. It's like the most petite one without losing any of the any of the like processing stuff. But it's got such a growl on it because it can do hmm. ninety six inputs or something crazy like that. And I did a show the weekend before with a church where that was the the desk, the SD nine, and I was actually mixing, and it oh man, it was just beautiful. Um, you know, and I had used them before, but just not, mm -hmm. a, it, it's been a long time since I used a Digico desk and I forgot that, you know, they have this fancy little button where you can press an alt, um, for an alternate mic, even on your own input. So mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, he's RF's bad or he's going out on stage. So he's going to use a handheld, not use his country or whatever. And one time that happened, I pressed the alt button and boom, it came up. And I thought, this is the greatest desk ever, <laughs> you know? even though yeah. tons of things have that I'm sure, but it it's was just been forever cool. since I've, it feels like at least it's been forever since I've been, I've been on the Digico. Um, but I it was feel wonderful. Like, it feels like I like meant it keeps coming up in every episode, but I cut my teeth on Digico back in the day um, mm -hmm. on nines and maybe a 10 and event and then later mm -hmm. on an 11 um and so like i learned a lot on them i i can't help but feel if i got on it now i would use it entirely differently than i did then i'm i'm a lot sure. more experienced now but uh you know it, it's it's crazy to think about because like who who does that who cut who's like first one of their first like three boards is a, is a digico that's pretty insane i don't know like, that's definitely not my experience that's church you know? work for you so <laughs> it really and that's the difference so like yeah um so when those became popular i wasn't i wasn't in that world as much so i didn't see it yeah um you know and and i think sometimes people get really jaded with console work as far as your level of expertise mm -hmm. you get to use the super big ones super rad ones then right. you're better and you know what like i can do an x32 any day of the week no matter the band and i've also seen you know a giant stadium show that i was the system tech for and the headliner uses an sd12 yeah and it sounds like trash right <laughs> and then the opener band has an m32r and he's just slamming and i oh yeah. you know so it doesn't matter to the desk. It's how you use it. Yep. Um, but when you get people like us that really love consoles and love to know, okay, well, this is the reason why this, this works for me yes. or this workflow or whatever, you know, 
it makes a massive difference because I realized, yeah, the small format console that I would buy today if I had the money would be the SD9 and it wouldn't be close. Probably that or the Avantes, but I haven't been on them. So if I'm on them, that's a different, that's a different world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I could walk into any room with those desks. It wouldn't matter to the show. You know, and I could, yeah. I could do it. I just did um, a gig yesterday with an X32, like somewhat reluctantly at this point in my career. But like, I just knew, <laughs> yeah. I knew when I they asked me to work, I like knew what they had. So I, it's not as if I was walking in blind. Right. But I also know exactly like you just said, I'm going to get the best mix I can possibly get out of this. And I, it's going to sound good. How, how hard mm-hmm. I have to work to get to that point is kind of where the argument lies, but I'm going to get it out. Um, oh, I, sure. I, I, you know, know my tools, I know what I'm doing and I'm working with, they happen to be very talented musicians. So it didn't take nearly as much cajoling as it sometimes <laughs> takes. Oh, it totally does. Your source matters to everything. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, um, I, I got lucky because the two places I was working with had amazing contracting musicians. So I did not, I mean, half of them yesterday were in a, you know, they're in a famous uh, CCM band they're you know, and they're, they're really well known. And, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, they were slamming, like yeah. it was incredible. So I, we had all of what we wanted to work with, you know, but we still had things happen. Bum cables, this thing got overheated cause it was in the middle of the sun, you know, right. stuff like that. Yeah. Like I had the funny story though. It got, it was so cold in the morning that the guitar player couldn't move his fingers. Oh goodness. And he had something wrong with his hands. So I had to go get from a work box, get hand warmers and throw it to him. In so he April. could get through the rehearsal. Yeah. In April <laughs> in know, Georgia. Little so. things like that was part of what I did on Sunday. You know, like sometimes it's not pushing faders, but it's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, 100%. So, uh, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, though. You got work. That's something. I'm, you know. I can't complain. Like there isn't, there, you know, there is one thing about it's okay to not be okay, even if you are quote fine. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, personally, I've had a little bit of some survivor's guilt, but also uh, because I'm doing quote fine. And, um, you know, uh, but so many of my colleagues are not fine. And right. so I try to do my best to check in on uh, people and, and make sure they're doing okay. And I mean, if nothing else, to just be an ear for them to talk to. That's fine. Uh, and that's also sure. partially why I'm so excited about everything kind of starting to open up. Like we were talking about earlier, because now it's like, Oh, thank God. Now these amazing texts can go and start working. If they haven't already been like moved to the house of worship market. Cause I know a lot of people that were like, Oh, cool. I can go do this. Um, work at a church, get some sweet board time, teach their teams how to do stuff better. And I'm getting like, I- I'm, you know, have some, some income. So. Oh, for sure. I, I just did that the other day at the church I used to work at. I, I redid their PA because they ended up getting some money, some PPP money yeah. and some extra stuff. And they're like, Hey, can you come redo our PA? And I was like, absolutely. Like I wouldn't normally have time to do that. And I'm right. not an installer either, but I said, of course, like, you know, I'm going to train their team too. And I just put in, you know, what they could afford. And I put in this QSC system mm-hmm. and it sounds so great. It's amazing. You know, a couple, couple, yeah. yeah, like a couple, couple twelves and some two subs underneath where they don't see them. Mm-hmm. And, but it's got all the punch in the world, a little center fill and yeah. kaboom. There's something you know? special and about was, a, a nice new yeah. like system and just like, Oh man, I fired that sucker up, started playing some tracks through it. And they said, how long is it going to take you to tune this room? I said, like, a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And they were shocked. They're like, I thought it was going to take you all day. And I said, honestly, it's because we bought the right system for the room. You know, mm-hmm. like, that that's a huge, that's the huge biggest. thing. Yeah. Um, but it was fun because I don't usually get time to do that. Yeah. Um, but then you you were just saying some, you know, some people are going back to the house of worship world. There's been some famous guys that, you know, that I know, that I know of pretty well. And I good Lord, I'd love to be on a tour with them. And they were, they were running a broadcast mix. Yeah. <laughs> and when I heard that, I said, are you serious? There's no way. And I, I looked up one of them just to see if it was real. And it was real. You know, he was running on an M32, you know, making it happen. When he's used to a, 
you know, SD five or a PM 10 or something like that. And right. he's just crushing, you know, a Sunday morning mix. And I'm thinking, yeah, come on guys. You know, this is awesome. This is, yeah. It's, I, I will miss their presence, but hopefully I'm really hoping the church community like is in the process of gleaning as much as they can right now, because it's not oh, yeah. going to, this is a once in a millennia, hopefully situation where all of these professionals, like I can't think of any other field where this has happened or what happened. Like all of these highly, like super advanced, like the best in their world suddenly have nothing to do all at the same time. And yeah. they can go and help out anybody else. Like what right. if all of the geologists suddenly lost all their, like, Oh, there's no more rocks. We're all shoot. Now what do we do? Yeah. And then all of the, like, I don't even know. Uh, gem enthusiasts are like, Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it's a great point because because now uh, some of our friends have had to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. They've had to do different things. Yeah. You know, I was talking to this guy yesterday that is like a very well-known video director. He tours all the time, apparently. And they were, somebody was asking him, hey, so like, how you been? Like, what you been doing? Because he's full tour, you know, all the time. And he goes, yeah, I've been cutting trees down. Been working for this thing. I done some landscapings best job ever i listen to music and podcasts all day it's super cool and i just and he had no frill he did not care mm -hmm. it wasn't beneath him he just needed to do it to provide for his family and i thought wow you're much better than i was at different points when i was daddy daycare yeah. <laughs> and i was i was struggling yeah like, it was hard you know um but it kind of just kind of to show you like the people in our world are very resilient yes, and they really want to do what they're supposed to do, but they can't. So they're, they're having to, they're having to pivot. They're having to adjust um, yep. just like churches have been doing the past year and a half, you know, God bless them for doing that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy year and a, what, two months? Months, yeah, I like can, yes, a year and some change. I, I, I don't even no. want to put it down. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on the topic of you doing this sweet gig over the weekend, I had a somewhat less, but it was still fun. I enjoyed myself, don't get me wrong, gig over the weekend. <laughs> um, today's topic, so third, part, third party plugins. And this is going to be a hot topic. I made a post about this. I made a graphic about it um, a couple months ago, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll randomly have these thoughts where I'm like, not enough people know this. And so I'll go into like Canva, like make this post, and then I'll just like plaster it on my social media and see mm -hmm. what fires I can start. Uh, and this is one of them. So, <laughs> <You're> so <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's kind of start by defining what third party plugins are. So, what are they then? Um, so, it's. It's basically like instead of using the desk for like EQ compression effects, different things like that, there's there's these systems that that uh, can integrate with consoles to where you can use third party plugins that you would use in the studio, like in Pro Tools, Logic, Ableton, you know, Reason, whatever it is. And so the most like the most popular one is Waves. Right. Um, We're probably going to talk about Waves a lot today. It's just it's yes, going to come up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you've probably already gotten an email within the last 15 seconds of me saying that, that there's a sale. <laughs> They're having a CLA sale oh, right now. Oh. <laughs> I say that jokingly, but I'm about to buy some plugins from Yeah, tongue-in-cheek, so. I did delete yeah. the email an hour ago, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So now they've, um, in the past uh, like five or six years, I guess, they've made that system very affordable for people to beef up their console. So like now Waves has an X32, M32 card to go into the console where you can have Waves plugins, which is yeah. mind blowing that you could add that to your desk. Um, so they're in pretty much every major um, provider's desk, you know, um, yeah, some, different, some different than others. Um, but yeah, you can do a whole lot of different things. And that's basically what the third party plugin thing and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to use eq compression different things like that from from the studio world to make their live mixes sound better yeah and that's kind of how live audio has been progressing anyway with the development of digital boards is merging into the studio world like okay well now we have all this processing power what do we like to do with it and it just inevitably it starts going well let's take all the stuff we've seen in studio stuff and let's cram it over here and so then we get things like 
waves super rack and sound grid and all this other stuff so you can get that com- that emulation compressor that you that was on the beatles record or whatever now you too can right. have a version of that in your live mix so right that is third party it usually involves um a digital patch so it's uh, I'll, i'm again we're just going to be using waves because it's they're the largest by far um mm-hmm. but you can, you can do this without waves also uh, essentially you'll go uh, as an insert on a channel on your desk you will patch it out uh, into some kind of uh, plug-in host to server or something like that uh, and then it will go through a chain of effects or plugins and then it will come back out into that same channel uh, and that way you have i mean it's truly is the digital version of an analog insert like it is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So yep. that is what they are doing. That's what we're talking about today for those of you that don't know. And uh, it, the reason it's a hot topic is because involving third party anything is adding a lot of variables. And so really you're kind of like in one of two camps. Either you are like super gung-ho with third party plugins. You love all of all the goodies and everything that the possibilities it brings and you want to spend all the money in doing it great and then you have the other side which is like i don't want to use this because it does add more variables i can get the same result using stock stuff and i'm just not going to mess with it and so a couple people fall in between but it's mostly you live in one of those two camps so how are people normally using them uh you had some over the weekend right Mm-hmm. How are you using? No, actually, not this weekend. This week, uh, this weekend I didn't, but I had the great desk. The weekend prior, I had the full thing, you know, and they had every plugin imaginable you could want. You could put on the desk. What do you remember? What you were using? I do. Um, so, because the PA was kind of bright, especially for the vocalists, and I couldn't change the capsules. Yeah. Um, and I won't mention which capsules I'm talking about. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so I put some deessers on there, um, and I put um, Fab Filter EQ because that's my favorite plugin of pretty much all time. Um, Fab Pro Filter, that's just a fantastic EQ. It's really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some others that I really like, but that's like my main one. Um, so I did that, and then I think I had a compressor on the vocal, maybe just something just to give it a little bit of girth. Um, um, but then like the main one I used it for actually, which is kind of surprising was the keys. Cause I mm-hmm. couldn't get enough gain and low end from the keys. So I used this MV2 plugin. Okay. Um, it's really for sub bass kind of stuff. Like it brings all the really, really bottom end to a mix. And so I, I kind of did a side chain of that and it, as soon as he went up to the highs, it just, came through so fast Mm. and so pretty and the production director who usually is the engineer but he had to produce that sunday he looked at me goes man those keys sound incredible what are you doing and i said well like because i use these plugins in the studio like here's what i use you know because i couldn't get what i needed from the source yeah which again caveat always guys getting it at the source is number one but that's not always an option so when you can't do that that's when you start getting weird in the box right and that's why because normally i'm going to spend 20 minutes going to the snare drum and tuning it yeah or talking them through it but because this was um i want to guess call it pro church Mm -hmm. like it was very you got 90 seconds you got this boom 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 let let go you know and i'm having i'm i'm asking for you know two minutes to get the vocals right kind of thing like you know i did not have long so i didn't mess with them a ton but then when i started to you know kind of feel the flow of everything i started to do a little bit more um but yeah you're totally right you know if i'd had more time i would have been like hey can you try this patch or try this thing on your keyboard or whatever to try mm-hmm. to get the source to be better but i i didn't have time for that and so i used plugins to help get my mix to be better yeah which is great and it was awesome <laughs> it sounded so good yeah you know um and i did have a parallel compressor set up for the snare which is something i always do um uh, if i have enough buses even if I have an X32 or an M32, I always do. If I have two, like two buses that I can do for that. Oh, for 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I do a kick and I do a snare. I'll uh, do every a time. 
gosh, when I have my when I have enough groups, um, I will t- and I've got time to set it up. That's the other thing. <laughs> I've got time to set mm-hmm. up. I'm 100% doing like the New York style. Like, let me just make this obliteration group where I'm just throwing. Um, mm-hmm. I'll do it with like vocal groups or I'll do it with drums. Um, basically where I'm trying to mush a bunch of seemingly kind of separate items together. I will do right. the parallel compression where I'm just like obliterate on one bus and only some light compression on the other and then blend the two. So I don't, I can, right. You can work with it. Right. And in the studio world, you do that all the time. Like, yeah. because you have enough buses and you have enough inputs. You Unlimited buses. Whatever. Like, yeah, you do that all the time. You know, that that's how people get great sounds most of the time, but it's also how people screw up because they have too much going in. Yep. Um, and they're overcompensating on things and thinking they're canceling out, but they're actually making it worse. And so in the live sound world, like how you use plugins, it's just like how you use it on the key on the actual desk. You know, you don't use it or use a little bit, maybe you high pass or low pass and then do the work mm-hmm. in the plugin in the plugin land. Yeah. And you know, that's when it's it's awesome. Like I I don't know if I'd buy a waves grid for myself i I don't think i would do that but at the same time um you know and when when touring gets back and i get back into that kind of world of doing you know fly dates and stuff like that i i might i might buy a grid just so i could plug it in just because i could use all this stuff because i know how to use it well right that makes a a big difference if i didn't I would not. And this is this is this is my actual opinion on this topic. And it's gonna probably surprise everybody because of what I just talked about and how much I could do. If you can only mix on waves and you think you're a big deal, I'm gonna pause and say you probably can't mix. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm just saying oh you probably don't know what you're doing. Actually, you don't know what you're doing if all you're working is what the plugin does. Um because back in the day, they didn't have any of that. You know, they had real outboard gear where you had to know all the signal flow and know how to use all this stuff. You get two channels of this. Use it wisely. Right. Or, you know, or even some new desks now. They only have two effects racks on them. So you just got to, you know, yeah, go for it, you know. Um, so, so, yeah. So, like, I, I, they are really cool and they can be very helpful right. for you for a mix especially if you have a, if you have a bad PA, like that, they, like that's where the argument is. Cause I always, like we said, keep going back to the source. I rather you have a really nice PA than have a really cruddy desk. Right. Like if it was a better PA that I was working on and then I had an X32, it would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. But because I had a super high end desk, it made up for a lot of the PA that yeah. was lacking. You know, so that that's where it's okay, but you just got to kind of pick a side um, of of what it is. And so some churches will have that, some churches won't. You know, some have one kick mic, <laughs> right? You know, and others have twelve, like I had on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and it was awesome, and I could pick whatever mic I wanted. So I put like an M eighty on Telefunken on the snare, and it was fantastic. You know, and I had three different overheads, and I go, hmm, I'm going to use this one. You know, and sometimes we don't have any of that crap. Yeah. Yeah, so, and but, but, you know, yeah, all of this... I, hot take. I don't think waves is needed and or crucial. I think it's awesome, but I think people who use it all the time don't know what they're doing. I we are we're on the same wavelength, you and I, uh, okay. for sure. Uh, like, I'm trying not to come off like I hate like I hate waves right now. <laughs> um, I mm-hmm. think that waves has a lot of like really awesome, valuable tools, but I totally. I'm eye to eye with you. It feels like a lot of people, especially new engineers who happen to get access to these, they're like, oh yeah, I'll just use these because that's what everybody else uses. I want to be a pro. I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to slap this in here. I saw something on Instagram where this guy was using it, so I'm going to use it. And they mm-hmm. genuinely like have no idea like what they're actually doing. Like They're trying to run before they walk. And it drives, yeah. it's such a crutch. Like... They just use it and they're like, yeah. oh, I sounds great here. I'm amazing. It's like, okay, well, if you can get the same sound out of this X32, um, I will shake your hand. Like you 100% mm. 
quote like earn the right to go do whatever right. the hell you want <laughs> with those mm-hmm. plugins but they yeah. like often cannot and that's the disappointing part right and and some desks do have a limitation of like what they really can get out For of sure. them you know like one of the things i tell people all the time if you're not using if you have a 32 x32 and you're not using the plate reverb to bring that shimmer up on the higher shelf you're dumb because it just adds so much color and sparkle to the mix. It makes it seriously, it just hits it to a different level. And the people who don't use it, I always am like, no, like this is how you add sparkle and art to your mix with this low budget console. Like Mm -hmm. this is the secret to the sauce for this desk. Now that doesn't, that's not always true because it does depend on the room and all that, of course, but you know, most of the time that's where I start. You know, if I'm on that desk, I, I go and I fix, I fix to the plugins. I know that work really well on that desk. Right. Um, and, and that's I partially it. just knowing the desk that you're about to drive. Right. And then some of them, you know, I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole, what they have on it. Mm. Cause they're bad, you know, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. I just don't think they, they add enough. So like in that respect, it would be cool to always have waves. Like if I had a rack myself and I could go, yeah, I'm going to use it today. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. You know, it's something that could be on the truck, you know, kind of thing. Um, but like you said, some people just depend on it so much. Cause I know guys that do that. They won't mix without it. And I go, <laughs> cool. You can't mix anymore. You should reevaluate. Yep. You should reevaluate like, so, <laughs> yourself. <laughs> they look so mad at me and I'm going, I'm not trying to be mean. Like, of course I want the best gear. Of course I want my favorite PA. Yeah, we my all favorite do. Every, yeah. uh, well, of course we do. Duh. Um, but at the same time, not everybody has the budget to do that. You know, it's I had getting a half the most out of what we have. Yeah. I mean, I had a half a million dollar PA this weekend. It was incredible. But then in two weeks, I'm going to go back to the church. I, I go to and, and mix that. And, uh, it doesn't have any of that. And it sounds still sounds really good. Yeah. You know, I have 100% listened to a half a million dollar PA on a $75,000 console with a complete the largest waves bundle that you can purchase and right. it still sounded like like i it was a, i was having a bad time listening to it and it's like mm-hmm. are you guys proud are you happy with this like you've spent so much money like an unfathomable amount unfathomable amount of money and it's still like right you know what do you even do at that point well it's it's funny you say that because the, the great example is is the church that i go to so we we had a we had our extra two die one time and it just it it had just passed its prime faders were moving it got off the fader track it was bad Hmm. and so i had to get a desk really fast like within 48 hours and so i got one and i got an m32 because it could use the same snakes and i could put in the scene like that was literally the reason i didn't want to train everybody in the universe on the desk that's exactly why i picked it because of that and i knew it would still be better than what they had um but at one point we were talking about doing wave stuff and doing, um, you know, do like using third party plugins. And there was one day where I brought my pro tools rig to do it. And I realized, Hey, we, we don't have a Dante network, so we could only record and use it as inserts. We can't live stream at the same time, hmm. but you can get this adapter and do it. But then you also have to get a Mac and you also have to do this. And you also have to buy all these plugins and it's going to be like $4,000 or something like that. Yeah. You know, I can't remember the exact thing. And then he goes, well, is it really worth it for the desk we have and the PA we have? I said, no. Yeah. Buy me a better PA. Then we can do all of this stuff. And everyone thought I was super weird. They're like, Ben, you love great gear. Like you have a 68 Ludwig kit. And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> but if you don't fix the source of like where everything's coming in at, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like. I love Universal Audio. It's one of my favorite plug-in companies. They're amazing. Their mm. stuff is just excellent. I've heard that many times. And so I use it all the time. But at the same time, if we have more of a budget for speakers and we can't buy the UA package, you I'm going to buy the better PA. Mm. You know, I'm going to go for the better microphone for the pastor. Duh. Yeah. That's the reason, like, 
the whole thing is centered around that. Right. You Why know? buy all this expensive console if like your co- your copper's garbage between the stage and right? Like- yeah. Like I was listening to this podcast the other day, and they were joking about like you know, buying $700 drum mics. And they said, well, why not, what does your pastor have? And they were like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, they're like, buy the worship leader, the best mic that you can afford. And then that second, that's second. But then the first one is to buy the pastor, the right mic, which is funny. Cause I did that like a month ago for ours. Mm-hmm. Ours. I finally just said, I can't stand this one anymore. It's just not, it's not great. And they all knew that. And so I finally got them one. Yeah. And it is it's like a million times better on the stream, but also just in the house. It sounds twenty times better. And it's not even that expensive. But now I feel like we got our priorities in order <laughs> <laughs> of like how we're supposed to do things. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it it's it's all tools to do the same thing that we're trying to do every week, which is to try to get a great mix and to try to um have the least distractions around our houses of worship or right. our or other gigs like that's what we're trying to do at the end yeah of the day. we're trying to create a real sense of of spirituality of true worship and yeah. however we might get there is, is how we get there yeah and it doesn't mean that you can't have all of the great gear it doesn't mean you have to have all of it either it's it's kind of the balance of those two things because as much as i would you know love to have some of my friends who install all these crazy huge <laughs> pa systems right. and, but i know how much it costs you know do I think that's exactly what's needed? No, I don't. Do I want it? Sure. Right. But, and, uh, but you know, it's it's a balance. It's it's all a balance. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's about in all things, audio and what mm-hmm. we do and in the church, everything is balanced. And, you know, one of the other reasons why, at least I personally, you know, yes, it would be great to always have this stuff is that if it worked 100% of the time, there would be, you know, very little reason other than just the, um, your true mixing ability. Right. But it's not reliable a hundred percent of the time. And that's the problem. And in the studio world, it's like a lot more of a minor detail. It's like, if mm-hmm. you have to restart the plugin, it's fine. Like as long as Pro right. Tools like, I can crash. Take five minutes, but I can't do that in the middle of a show. Right. And so yeah. I know for a fact that people that travel like with Waves kits or with UA kits or whatever kits that have third-party plugins, they have to have a oh crap scene or switch or button or something so that when the third-party stuff glitches uh, or freaks out or needs to be restarted, it's it's going to be in the middle of the show. They can hit that button or go to that scene and it, everything is bypassed. Like, and, and then they can just ignore it. And I right. have take issue with that because i need to rely on my stuff and i don't want to have to be worrying about you know uh, i'm I'm trying to get ready for my next cue i don't want to have to be worried about like hope we make it through this whole thing that would be fun so yeah no you're totally right and the other thing too it also takes a different level of tech yeah you know um like uh like elder boards pastors tech directors they they really hit the engineers and the lighting people and the video people on a tech team on a Sunday. They can push them pretty hard, mm-hmm. you know, and not give them a budget, not give them training, and then say, go make lemonade, you know? Yep. And then sometimes they have, the, they'll write an unlimited check and a limited budget, and it's whatever. It just depends on what environment you're in. But most aren't in that environment. So you kind of have to learn along the way, go to YouTube university, um, you know, or do some different trainings or different yeah. things like that. And so, but sometimes they don't have time for that. You know, they're a weekend warrior and they just love God and they just want to, they just really like to do this. You know, they really love the band or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so like, if I hate it, like I have a friend who every other week, the tech director changes something in their deal. And like when Monday morning, when we go to work most of the time, um, <laughs> I go, how was your weekend? How was your Sunday? And all he does is just complain about all the stuff that this guy <laughs> changed or asked him to do last minute because they didn't practice it the week before. And I'll tell him, yeah, man, you got to stop that. Like, you got to stop doing that, you know? Or go, hey, man, this is out of your depth. And it's okay, you know? Yeah. There's so many people that can run a console and do just fine. 
but you throw the plugin world on them, all they're going to be doing is staring at that stupid screen and they're not going to be mixing with their eyes out here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, or, or it's going to sound worse because they're putting too much compression, too much EQ and all this other crud. And it's just going to muddy up their mix. And it's like, cool, you're back to where you started. Yeah. 100%. You know, and, and that, that drives me insane about this whole topic, because like you said, people use this crutch, they depend on it, do whatever. But then at the same time, like a lot of times the tech directors and elders and pastors, they put so much on these techs that they really don't know what they're asking for. So I'll, I'll be honest, one week this happened to me, it was pretty funny. We had some bad singers. They're just having a bad day. Yeah. And the pastor joked to me and said, "You got, you got auto tune up there." And I jokingly said back, uh, "You should fix the source, or maybe they shouldn't sing." Yeah. And then, uh, but then I said, "But I, there is a thing that does this in real time." I may have a thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's pretty cool, but I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's necessary, and, you know, uh, but it can be done. Scary, so. But what happened from that conversation, the worship director took that very seriously and bought all the stuff to do it. And then realized we still needed the grid and he still needed all this other stuff. And oh. it was going to be a lot more money to put, to do that one request that that guy made. Yeah. And I told him it's not worth it. You know, it's buy a, a better investment. Day. Yeah. You know, and it was just, it was kind of funny, but like, that's the pro and the con of this whole discussion is like, you can have some great EQs and some great compressors if you do this right. So and much extra processing, really... like so much yeah. stuff. And it's all happening out. Like that, that's the whole point is all of this processing is happening outside of your console. Like that's why people like it. There's so many more options. Right. You know, and you can use what the Beatles use. You can use emulations. You can use all this stuff and it can be really great. But at the end of the day, if it's distracting to what you're doing, if you don't know it enough, let's just be honest, if you don't know it well enough to use it, don't. Or say, hey, this is more studio. I'm not a studio engineer. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. Like, I am a studio engineer, but I don't use it enough in the live world yet to really be comfortable with it yet. Yeah. So I don't know if I would do it all the time. Unless I was asked to and it was already set up, then I would do it. Mm -hmm. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I, I just don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I also like to okay. take it as a personal challenge. Like how epic can I make this with the like creditiest equipment that I can find? Like, oh I, yeah, I've done some sweet mixes on some really rundown, like old analog mm -hmm. stuff. And it was like behind the band. And so I'd have to keep like squeezing <laughs> between the keyboard player and like the trumpet player to get to the board, make an adjustment and walk back out and listen. Yep. And I would get it to a point where it's like, all right, I'm happy with this. Like I'll keep tweaking, mm -hmm. but this is, this is not bad. Uh, and that yeah. I get a lot of satisfaction in that. Um, I've, you know, like sure. I said, I've, I've been in gigs where I've had seemingly unlimited amounts of money was spent and I didn't have a good time mixing it or I couldn't get it to sound good. Like it just, because it was the source or because it was 10,000 extra variables or, or whatever, it, it really comes down or to your expectation. Too. Yeah. You know, uh, that, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier with the, the big church production versus small church production, yeah. like that whole argument, like there's beauty to both, but I, I jokingly call it like when you're in a, uh, I'll just say a bigger environment. Um, I usually call it like CNN worship. <laughs> That's funny. Because yeah. and it's whatever cable writer, but it, it, the idea is that like it changes like, and it's it, every change is super important. If you miss a cue, you could be fired, mm -hmm. but also it's the budget and it's the best players and the best people imaginable. Right. So you kind of you kind of live in this world of like, oh, this could be really cool, but if something goes wrong, like everybody's dead. Is the you reward know? worth this risk? Yeah, and and you know, like I would say no. Hmm. You know, I really would. You know, I would say, hey, if you like, like I talked about earlier, doing an install. If you give me just a simple QSC system and M thirty two, I can make it rain. Yep, I can. You know, yep. or. Or if you give me an Allen Heath, you know, SQ5 that is just beautiful out of the box mm. because they built it correctly and train a team that way, like, yeah, 
I would like if I was opening up a church and it was in a smaller, smaller budget, smaller environment. Yeah, I would start there. I wouldn't go in the past. I would go for that because of what it can do. Yeah. You know, and the fact they can do 96K out of the box and I, I would do that. But if people don't have the money, like I go back to the other, like there's, there's reasons why we do these different things. And, or I would go, okay, you have 96 inputs. That was my input list the other day. Well, those desks can't do that. Right. You know, and that's okay. It just means you need, you have a different level of production. You have a different set of standards yes. you need to meet, you know? Um, but it doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's good. It's just different. Yeah. You know, a different level of tech, different expectation. Um, but at the same time, like you can, you can rock the world with an X32 rack and an iPad and you can crush a show. Yep. If you know what you're doing and you know what you have. Absolutely. So, I mean, basically in summation of, of the third party plugins is that they are there. You can use them. They're not free. It adds variables, could be cool, could not be, nobody knows, it's up to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, Your you know, call, buddy. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> Ben and I are here to say, they're cool, we typically don't, but we can see why people are absolutely using them. Like there's to there's a reason the whole these companies exist. Uh, so go for it if you can, but don't feel like you need it to be successful, not in the slightest. So then I wanna pivot back again to what, I actually wanna roll back to what you just said about big production versus small production. And that uh, in my experience in houses of worship, you know, I, I think smaller churches have a harder time. I think there's like a sweet spot where it's like a mid-sized church where you're starting to get talent and money for like really good equipment and like things vibe really well. But mm -hmm. then there's these two extremes and you just mentioned this where it, it's like CNN level, like huge broadcast level production where it's mm -hmm. like every second, literal second counts. And then yep. you have the much smaller end where it's like, we have all the seconds in the world, but we're trying to make the most out of, out of like almost nothing. And so, um, I know that you've had experiences in both small and really large, uh, productions. Um, do you have any thoughts or anything on them? Oh gosh, do I ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a great example. So like, um, for those of you who don't know what this exactly is, like there's, there's a thing where in big production because of lighting cues or led walls and led tech and stuff like that, where they have different backgrounds for different songs and words and all that stuff. They do a thing called time code oh, where God. it's, it, yeah, it's sync where it sync. Basically it syncs everything together. So you're getting exactly what you're hearing online down in the back and in the front of like, of your, of your area of what you're seeing is what you're getting. So the other day, this this work group I was working with really messed up their time code. They were editing stuff and they kept changing content, they, but they edited it right at the time code. Mm -hmm. So when they tried to put it back, they they had to get it the exact right spot. So they didn't they didn't they didn't um, they basically didn't do their content correctly to where they made it easy for them to do fixes because yeah. of the time code. So that's where. They added, oh my gosh, say that I'm not even kidding. They added so much time because of the stupid time code thing that it made all of us tech stay three hours extra because they were trying to figure it out. Oh my gosh! And I'm going there. I'm like, oh my god, like this is so dumb. You know, you should have done it this way. It's sorry, and I, we we're all you know diagnosing the problem. Right. Um. You know, we are armchairing it. But at the same time, you know, there's a certain standard for like what they have, you know, um, another great example, um, because of the lighting cues and everything like that, we sent audio from us to lighting. That's not normal. But I mean, church I grew up in, men don't have a light board. Yeah. And they have a light switch. Right. You know? yeah. And they go, cool. Choir lights are on, you know, yeah, like this was absolutely. time code to everything, BPMs for different scenes and whatever, you know. Um, and so all that was cool, but all it did was just put more time and more stress on the video director and all these different things. And it was it was a lot. And and to make it even worse, <laughs> it was at 1030 in the morning. Aww. So you really did all this work and you couldn't really see. Mm what you were doing and which I said at the very beginning and some of my other colleagues did too. And we got, man, this is not worth it. Yeah. You know, this is not worth it. Um, so there was a 
big church example of where it's not worth it. But then you throw the other side to this, um, where you have a room that's not treated. Um, you have a really outdated console. You have a guy who thinks the gain is the volume knob. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, like that happens all the time. It does. You know, and that's far more common than not. And that's just as bad. You know, and and that's mainly a lack of funding, a lack of resources, and a lack of people who maybe know what they're doing, but also it's like a training. And... Just, yeah, they're just not equipped. Like it's not it's not Harold's fault because he's been doing this eighteen years because right. he looked somewhat technical or he liked computers and they go, You can run sound, yeah. you can do yeah. lyrics, you know, and they're like, What are you talking about? You know, I don't know anything about a band, you know? Yeah. Um and so, like, like that's always my two church arguments. But like, the big church one really made me laugh this weekend when I saw it because I thought, man, they got so much gear here, and it's gonna look awesome. And it did look awesome when it finally got done. But I, at the same time, I said, is it actually worth it though? You know, and and it could be. You know, yeah. I mean, I loved having that desk. Yeah, I loved having that PA. It was awesome. Yep, I loved having three hi-hat mics to pick from like that was cool yeah but at the same time i don't need it you know i don't and sometimes i don't even mic it on a kit when i'm right. in those buildings sometimes you just get a kick mic yeah sometimes we just get like gear overhead and we're just yeah like, really stoked to be there and that's totally fine i sure. enjoy those moments uh but yeah it, it totally changes from church to church like and that's kind of what adds a level of complexity to like specking systems and what kind of bothers me about some like install companies that just kind of like spit out these templates for churches, but they don't really understand their needs or the church doesn't worse. The church doesn't understand their needs and they just go buy right. stuff because they think they're supposed to buy it, but it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. fit what they're trying to do. And so that's like, right. that's like a whole conversation you have to have with your head pastor or your minister and your mm -hmm. worship leader and or your music all of these people have to have a conversation saying what are we even trying to do here and it's okay right. if it's all acoustic and you're not streaming and only the pastor has a mic so that the people with the hearing aids can get an amplified signal that's okay yeah. uh those yeah. can be the most beautiful services like who are we to define mm -hmm. what worship is like that's a whole right. theological argument that i'm not getting into right now but the point being it doesn't have to be so rigidly defined and, and so, uh, yeah, this, I've been a part of humongous productions, just like you. And I've been mm -hmm. a part of really, really small productions and I enjoy them for very different reasons. Um, yeah, it, for sure. There's some, they're, they're just very, they, they feel like completely different beasts. Uh, yeah, you know. it's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like comparing cars. Yeah. You know, um, like when I was growing up, like I really liked James Bond and I thought James Bond was just the coolest character um, mainly because he had really cool cars and he could get whatever he wanted. And I just yeah. thought that was a cool idea. So the first time I was in England and I saw an Aston Martin, I was like, whoa, yeah, that's super cool. Um, but then at the same time, you know, a Honda Accord can get you there. Yep. It can get you there and get you point A to point B, but it ain't that. And that, that doesn't mean one's better than the other, but they are very different. You know, um, and I, I kind of always use those kind of analogies to the kind of describe where they go like, like, this is fine. Nothing's wrong with this option. It can't be better. I, I have the opinion of of the blend of this is, is really important. But my opinion usually is. Is if we can do it, let's do it well. Right. Whatever we do, our ability, let's do it well. So if that's two Bose towers and a couple 58s. Because you're meeting in a school, mm -hmm. have at it. Do your best. You know, whatever. And then if it's the hey, no, like we got an, we got a great budget. You know, we have a full time tech director guy, and we can hire, you know, Samantha from the road to come and mix on a Sunday mm -hmm. because it's a big deal, and we can pay her well, and we can do it. You know, that's not bad either. That's cool yeah. that you get to pour into people and get to use the equipment that you were given. Yeah, do that. Um. But, you know, there's, there's just different, there's different pros and different cons for the, for the discussion. Yeah, I totally with you. So I guess kind of this, the whole overarching almost theme here for today's episode is that uh, tools are cool, 
but if you don't need them, you don't have to have them. You can have beautiful worship and, and beautiful moments without having the latest and greatest. If you know how to use your tools, that is by far the most valuable thing and part of your system. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. But I do like cool things. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Know? Don't get I us do. wrong. We love cool things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Samantha works for Allen and Heath, which yeah. is an incredible, you know, company and they make some of the best consoles on the market. Um, so what, well, yeah, of course I would want an Avante's desk. Yeah. Like, I get access uh, to a lot of doodads. My work, even just my, even before I joined that, like, like my work with press and web got me to play with a lot of neat stuff. I'm talking into an yeah. earthworks mic right now because I get to play with cool stuff. Um, yeah. and that just happened. Like we love cool stuff. We are 100% not saying don't use cool stuff. That's not, <laughs> that's not it. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not saying, you know, if you're doing your streaming on an iPhone, you know, with your cruddy wireless mic or just a, a regular old 58, like, as long as the people get what they need during that service and it's not distracting, like, you, you, you're 90% there. Yeah. Just keep, you know, keep like learning. You really are. Keep going. Keep trying. Like, we're all fine. It's not... Again, tech is tech is cool and tech is fun, but it's not. Let's not make it an assumption that we all have to have it. In our our work doesn't mean anything if we don't have it because that's not it. Right. Okay. So normally, I ask my favorite final question. You know, what's the funniest or weirdest thing you've seen happen during a service or a show? And honestly, I can't remember how you answered last time. But do you have mm. another one, perhaps? Okay, so I know I'm pretty sure I I remember what I said last time was when the amp caught on fire. Yep, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. That was that was my, yeah, yeah. That was my that was my big one. Um, uh, but I, I I think I actually said it earlier, and I shouldn't have because that's what I was going to use. But um, uh, but recently it was um, a guy. Uh, he his hands were so cold, and we were playing outdoors that mm-hmm. he couldn't play guitar. And some people are going, oh my gosh, like this guy's being such a diva and this is so dumb. And I'm looking at him like, guys, you have one guitar player. <laughs> you need him to get better. Go get him coffee. Yeah. And he would stick his hands on it. Yep. And I'm going to go to the workbox to see if there's any hand warmers in there. Yeah. Guess what? We had both, you know, and he ended up doing fine. And, you know, now he texted me in the show. He's like, you're the reason why I was able to do this gig. I'm just going to let you know that. Mm. And it was just cool to cultivate a relationship off something I did yeah. for somebody else. And it wasn't like I was trying to do that. I just, I knew you needed to do that. But for me, it was hilarious. Cause I'm like, this is in April in Georgia. And I know our seasons are weird, but he was freezing Easter morning. Yeah. And then I got a sunburn over the weekend too, because the loading was in the middle of the day. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it cracked me up. Cause I thought, wow, like, why can't you wear gloves, dude? Yeah. Or why can't you do this? But then it's like, God, get him what he needs. Hello. Yeah. Because you should give no. him like a, those really old, like, I think they were, yeah, old biking gloves, like with the fingertips cut off or like. That's what I told him. I said, I did that for a show years ago when I was actually still playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And my mom got me these like, not mittens, but these, these black gloves that had the fingertips cut like fingerless off. Fingerless gloves, yeah. Yeah, and I could play guitar with it, and it it made it happen, you know. But I did have one time where I put, um, I put hand war- or hand warmers in my feet, so I could feel my feet when I played drums. Yeah, like that's happened before too. So it's kind of one of those things where you have these stories, and <laughs> you just gotta make it. You just gotta get. You just got to get the gig done. Yeah. It's all yeah. those stories that how, it's like how people ended up with the kits that they've got. It's like, oh yeah, this weird thing happened and I didn't have it. So now I have it. Yeah. I can pretty much tell you now when it's, when it gets cold again, um, cause it's probably our last of the cold. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to buy some hand warmers when they go on sale and I'm sticking them in my Pelican. I'm going to do that because that's going to happen. And I'm going to be able to walk up and be like, got you. Go. And they're going to be like, oh, and they're like <laughs> you know, super they're cheap their yeah. Mind. yeah, you know, um, but then there's been other times where like, you know, um, there's one week where a snare broke uh, almost in half. Oh my gosh. Because it just, the snare 
the snares on the bottom just, just fell right out and the guy hit it and it cracked all the way through. Wow. I had a second snare in my car. All right. I'm not going to carry yeah. a second snare, but that is. <laughs> and I walked back and put it on the deck and he went, what are you doing? And I'm like, you needed a snare. Here's a snare. I happen to have pulled one out from my backseat. So that's. That literally happened to me two months ago. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the funny. That's the thing. Like, that's so. That's weird. Yeah, I carry some weird stuff, but I don't carry I don't carry a snare with me. That's by the way, I don't do that every time. I just happen to have it in there. <laughs> and it just happened. Yeah. And I went, here's a nice snare for you. It's I'm actually incredibly prepared. I don't want to like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Man, you do have a drum key on your keychain. I'm like, Well, yeah, drums sound bad. Guess what? It's gonna it's gonna be a bad show. Yeah. It really is, yeah. All right. Well, there's thanks two, for coming. There's two, there's two fun stories. <laughs> and they were good. There are two new ones. I'm good. Hopefully, uh, I'm sure you'll come up with new ones the next time I, I get you on here. So we'll, you'll just Probably. keep them coming. Just keep them coming. Probably. You got it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you com- for coming and, and hanging out. It was kind of like, we were both like, hey, we're available. Like, do you want to hang out? Let's record this kind of thing. So thank you for coming on here again. I appreciate it. No, for sure. For sure. I'm I'm a huge fan of what you do. Um, oh, and then the companies that you represent and so i'm i'm big into doing that and being able to just talk to different people and talk to some church techs and hopefully they learn something from this and you know they're able to use it you know next week when they fire up that desk yeah and you've uh quickly we've known each other for like a little over a year but you've like you quickly became like one of my like super buddy like audio people like i just always enjoy when you message me i'm like i i'm excited to talk to you and read it and just yeah i I said the same thing i said the same thing i i I was talking to this uh, you'll love this story because so i met another female engineer this weekend a video engineer super young and just torched like just crushed all these dudes Mm -hmm. and i said i said hey i just want to know i just want you to know that i think you're awesome and I think it's really, really cool that you're doing video. And she kind of looked at me like, no one's ever said that to me. I said, well, I have some female friends that are techs and they're 10 times better than everybody else I've ever met in my life at this job. So I just wanted to know that like you're valued and I think it's awesome that you're doing this. And she kind of looked at me like almost like a puppy dog, yeah. like, like crying. And I'm like, man, like, you're fine. Like, it's all cool, you know? <laughs> um, but it just, it's neat to meet techs that do what we do when it's usually a, a bro time. And you know, you get some people that are really qualified and know what they're doing. Like if I get to go on tour tomorrow, I'm going to have to call you and be like, can you be my system tech? You know? <laughs> and I will have to consider it. I will have to consider yeah. it. <laughs> Cause that would, that, that phone call would at least have to be had because I would, I would want someone smarter than me to set up my system, which would be you. It would be so fun to be on tour together. <laughs> we'll have to plot that together at some point. Uh, I like it. I like it. And can it get sponsored by uh, Alan Heath or just go? I, I, I can definitely. Yeah. I, I know people. <laughs> I know people. I'll see what yes. I can do. <laughs> Sweet. Oh man. Okay. Well, again, thank you. I will um, put Ben's social media, just like I did on the last episode. I will put it in the show notes, go follow him. He posts great stuff. Uh, hopefully i don't think you posted your studio pictures yet you shared them with me but i hope you put them out on yeah i'm so bad at social media i'm i i took a break in 2020 and didn't post as much and and that's okay and i realized like i just live my life through stories and i should probably do it more and like post things so i'm gonna do that this week all right okay gonna happen. you heard it here so by the time you guys are listening to this by the time this is hitting your ear holes it should be on his social media. So it is in the show notes. Check it out. And as always, Church Sound Podcast is part of the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network, and I'm Samantha Potter. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing service this week. Mm-hmm.